Now, don't worry. You guys know I, I preach a lot shorter than pastor, so. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 18. Now, now that you can see the story that I'm going to read, please, you know, don't make any assumption. I believe that God has a word for us, and I believe that God wants to release something in us this morning. So please just bear with me. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 24. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help me for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she has taken out because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So we all know the story of the first woman, but really what I want to take from this is in verse 18 and verse 20, the word that God chose to leave us in his word was a help me. But if we look at the Hebrew word, that word helper, it's etzer, it is a help or a rescuer. It actually means like an ally or someone who comes running when people cry out for help. And I think that that's so beautiful because, you know, sometimes there's, of course, people that take Scripture out of context and, and of course, that, um, you know, the relationship between a husband and a wife and a man and a woman in respect to Christ, there's a lot there, right? But here, it's not a term of servitude. It's not a term of slavery. It's a term of someone who comes running when someone cries for help. Adam asked for help, right? He said, I'm, I'm alone, and God gave him a help me. And I don't know about you, but that sounds a whole lot like a hero to me. And so this morning, I want to talk about the heroes. The heroes of the home. And so you can go ahead and be seated. God created woman to be an etzer to man, to be a helper, to be a hero. So talking about the heroes of the home, that word in the Hebrew, the etzer, it's used two times here in Scripture to, you know, describe the first woman. Two times it's, you know, explained for somebody that's not a helper. But all other times that that word is used in Scripture is actually a descriptor of God himself. Psalms 33 and 20, it says, Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 70 and 5, but I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Make no tarrying. So when we cry out to God for help, we know that this isn't something that's taken lightly, right? And so also in, in, in our lives, you know, we're, we're helpers, aren't we? As moms, we're constantly, when the kids cry, we're there. We're running, you know. When the husband's crying for help, we're there. We're running. And so... <laughs> 
And so we are the heroes of our home. And so, you guys remember, I'm a Sunday school teacher, okay? So I like to make little cheesy connections, so bear with me. But God made us to be heroes, and every hero needs a superpower, right? So I want to talk to us a little bit about the power that we have. As mothers, as women, as heroes of our home, we have power. Because I know that life can bring us down, right? The cares of this world, they weigh heavy on us. And the burden a mother carries is one that no one else can truly comprehend. So we have all of these things, you know, just life happening. But I just hope that I can encourage you this morning that we are heroes and that we have power. So firstly, where does our power come from? Second Samuel 22 and 33 says that God is my strength and power. He maketh my way perfect. And Psalm 68, 35, O God, thou art terrible. Out of thy holy places, the God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. So first, we know that our power comes from God. If we are going to be a hero, we can't do it without him, right? We cannot live this life, be a hero to our family, to our children, to our home without God. And so if we're going to have that power, if we're going to have access to that power, it is, and we're going to read it here in Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Hallelujah. So in order to have that power, we've got to have God's Spirit. And we know in Acts 2.38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you have never experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, then you can today before you leave. Hallelujah. When we repent and we recognize that we've done wrong and we make that decision to follow after Christ, then we have that opportunity to receive his spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible says that it's a gift. He wants to give it to us. And when we truly surrender our life to Jesus Christ and we pray, he will take over our life. And you'll begin to speak in a language that you don't understand. Hallelujah. Acts 2 and 4, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I know if you've never experienced that, it seems kind of wild. It seems kind of crazy. Hallelujah. But it's in the Word of God. I've experienced it for myself. Amen. And you can too here today. Hallelujah. And the reason why I emphasize this, and I know most of us, if not all of us, have the Spirit of God in us, and why I want to do this is because it's the foundation of everything. Because when we have the Spirit of God, hallelujah, we have the power of God. We have the power to cast out demons, to heal sickness and disease, to overcome temptation, to be a witness, hallelujah, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to intercede, to be a hero for our family. We need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. If we're going to be a hero to our kids, if we're going to be a hero in our home, we need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I can't get emotional. You guys won't be able to understand a thing I say. 
I want to talk about a few heroes. Um, the first one being Hannah. If we could, if we could turn to 1 Samuel 1 and 12, because I'm going to read a few scriptures here. So if you wouldn't mind, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Starting at verse 12. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought that she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away the wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord. I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaiden for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherunto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaiden find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And we know the end of the story. It was shortly after that that she conceived and she had Samuel. But it's important to recognize the fact that she was discouraged, right? She was sorrowful. She was grieving. But she found herself in the house of the Lord. She found herself praying. Hallelujah. Her prayer was answered as she went. Hallelujah. And she cried out to the Lord. And I know that I'm here because of a praying mom. I know that pastor is who he is today because of a praying mom. And I know that the story is the same for a lot of you. Hallelujah. And so I'm sure each of you also have a hero in your life. Another hero that I want to make mention of, her name is Shirley Cole. She's the wife of Billy Cole. Um, They were missionaries, uh, but they did a lot of traveling. They did a lot of crusades. And um, one time they traveled into a new city, um, and his wife just got this this uncontrollable, you know, burden to pray. And she she was just praying and praying. They hadn't preached anywhere in the city um, yet. They just, they had arrived there, and she went into intercession. She prayed for over four hours. She prayed so hard that he had to pick her up off of the floor and put her onto the bed. In that city, two years prior, they had only seen 35 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. After that first day when she had prayed, the next 21 days, they saw 566 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. She was a hero. Hallelujah. And I know Pastor talked a little bit about about his mom. And um, if you've never heard his story, it's just amazing. Um, They were in a church service. And um, after his older brother, she um, had had a miscarriage or maybe multiple. And so um, she was pregnant with Aaron at the time. And she went um, to that church service. And there was a, a... evangelist prophet there and prophesied over her and prayed and uh, you know they said that his his name would be Aaron and he'd be the voice of God but all of that because she found herself in the house of God hallelujah she found herself in the house of God hallelujah hallelujah we have power 
we have power. In our homes, we are the hero. We have the power to intercede on behalf of our unsaved family members. We have power, hallelujah, to cast out sickness and disease. We have power to shape our children's future. We have power to change the atmosphere in our home. We have the power, hallelujah, to change this city. Hallelujah. We have power and we have access to that power by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And secondly, we have power from our obedience and submission to the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I want to say this carefully because I really don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, but I feel it's important to say because there is a power that we have, we as women have access to that often goes untapped. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, I'm going to jump around a little bit, but verse 5 says, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all as one as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let it be covered. But verse 10, for this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. And it goes on to say that if a woman has long or meaning uncut hair, that it is a glory unto her for her hair is given as a covering. And again, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, but there is a power. And you know what this I wore it down for a reason this morning. This can do nothing, right? We're not, this isn't tangled. We can't sing over our hair and heal somebody, right? It has nothing to do with this right here. But it is when we obey and submit ourselves to the word of God. Hallelujah. It can be the greatest sacrifice that we can make, or it can be something so simple as a single wave. Sister Nona Freeman has this testimony. She is a, an, a, her and her husband were amazing missionaries to Africa. And this is her story that she wrote in one of her books. It says, I was washing dishes at 10 o'clock one morning in 1948, just before we sailed to Africa in a, in a tiny town where they lived. Suddenly I heard Jesus say, while she was doing dishes, she heard Jesus say, go and stand on your front porch and wave. You can't imagine how absurd that sounded to me. World War II had ended in 1945, and America didn't have, a lot, have many cars on the road yet. But I knew his voice, so I went out to my porch. I stood there flopping one hand for probably 10 minutes, and nobody came by. Then I saw a car coming in the distance. I went on my tiptoe, and I smiled, and I waved, and that car slowed down and crawled by. When it went around a curve and out of sight, I thought, I guess I'll go finish my dishes now. While I finished the dishes, I wondered if I would ever hear anything about this incident again. Then the signal came. It was time to go to Africa, and I forgot um, all about it to go off to the land of our calling. Five and six years later, it was necessary for us to take separate furloughs, but after 10 years in Africa, the whole family came back on furlough, and my schedule took me back to a little, the little church that they had lived. A smiling man came to greet me after service and told me his name and said, I lived here when you did. We just moved in different circles. You were the Pentecostal pastor's wife, and I was the town drunk. 
I got so discouraged about my life, always in trouble, always in jail, and seldom could keep a job because of the bottle. So I decided to go to the sand pits and end my life. I put my gun on my lap and I started to drive there, but when I got to the Pentecostal parsonage, you were waiting for me, smiling and waving. When I went around the corner, I stopped. I put the gun in the back seat and I put my head on the steering wheel and I wept. I thought, I need to go to that church. That lady would feel bad if I, if I died. <laughs> it took me three months to get up the courage to go to church, but that night I went to the altar and received the Holy Ghost. And the pastor baptized me in the name of Jesus. He put down the bottle, and shortly after that, a beautiful widow came to town, and she became his wife, and they were happily serving Jesus together. And uh, she wrote, I thought that that was wonderful, but it gets better. Three years ago, I preached in Mississippi, and this was years ago after this, but the Lord impressed me to tell this story, and a young lady stopped me and sobbed on my shoulder after church. She finally told me that that man was her uncle, her mother's youngest brother. It was a large family of devout Catholics who had immigrated to the U.S., and through her uncle's conversion, she said her whole family was converted, and he said, thanks for waving. It wasn't the wave, right? It's not this. It wasn't the wave. It was the obedience to the voice and to the word of God. Hallelujah. We have the power. Hallelujah. We have the power to change lives. We have the power through God's spirit. Hallelujah. To pray, to intercede, to change our world. Hallelujah. Can we rejoice this morning? I just want to encourage you moms today that I know life can be hard. I know that it can be discouraging. I know that it just beats you down sometimes. I know wanting to pull your hair out (laughs) as your two-year-old is screaming on the floor. I understand that. I understand, you know, when you lose your job, when things aren't going right, when you're sickness after sickness after sickness. But I want you to know that you have power, that we don't have to feel discouraged all of the time. We don't have to be defeated. Hallelujah. We can have victory in our home. We can have victory. Hallelujah. In our children, in our families, over our marriage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, because we're heroes, and I don't know about you, I want to be the hero that God created me to be. But that doesn't mean we're always going to have a home-cooked meal on the table. That doesn't mean that our house is always going to be clean. It doesn't mean that our kids are always going to be the best behaved in the room or that we're going to be CEO or have our dream career, right? And if we could stand... What makes us a hero? And if you don't hear anything, please hear this. What makes us a hero is that we put God first in our life. 
What makes us a hero is that we bring our kids to church every time the doors are open. What makes us a hero is that when life gets hard, we get down on our knees. What makes us a hero is when our marriage is falling apart, we seek godly counsel. What makes us a hero is that we're here and we're praying and we're doing the best that we can. Again, it's not going to be perfect. Life is still going to be hard. Hallelujah. But when we have the spirit of God and when we're obedient to the voice and the word of God, hallelujah, there is no limit to the power that we have in our home and in our life. Hallelujah. And this morning... If you could, let's just come down to the altar. Hallelujah. Because I want to just release something in you. Hallelujah. That says, I have power to make a difference. I have power. Hallelujah. I know that my prayers are being heard. Hallelujah. That I can intercede for that unsaved family member. That I can intercede on behalf of my coworker. I can intercede for that child that's addicted to drugs. I can intercede. Hallelujah. On behalf of my home of my family, of my city. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, God, I pray that you would take away every depression, every anxiety right now, God, and know, hallelujah, that we have power over that. Hallelujah, Jesus. We have power over temptation, over sin. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.